0: taken your first step into a larger world.
1: The force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. A journey from The Phantom Menace to The Rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin and Anna. Hello there.
0: Welcome to First Steps a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey through Star Wars from The Phantom Menace to The Rise of Skywalker.
1: I'm Calvin, I've seen a lot of Star Wars.
2: I'm Anna, I've seen a little bit of Star Wars.
1: And I'm Wyatt. I I've seen too much Star Wars. I watched the, uh, they put the old Clone Wars series from like 2003 on Disney Plus, and like I hadn't seen it since my sister and I were like 10. Aww. So it was quite a fun rewatch. It doesn't have any bearing on anything that's going on for our podcast, but it was a fun, fun trip down memory lane.
0: It's, uh, it's cool. You should watch everything, but like the last episode at some point. Anna, they're fun. They're like it's a it's a cool style, and um,
1: but is they're it, this is a absolutely not canon. Clone
2: War series. Yeah, okay, so in,
1: go on Wyatt. You'll, you'll <laughs> yeah, explain and... it better. You, you will explain it better than I will. They did so between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith was three years of real time, as well as like the Clone Wars in-universe has always lasted three years. So they did this whole big multimedia project with like comics, toys, books that was supposed to tell the story of the Clone Wars. But the way they used to do things at Lucasfilm was George Lucas, when he was in charge, pretty much ran the film division and that was it. And licensing was almost its own thing. And they sort of filled in all the stories. So how we get the series we're watching is... George Lucas sort of after making all the movies went back and was like this is how I in my Star Wars like this is how I've always thought the clone wars went let's make the series about it but they did make a uh, a cartoon In like 2003, they really it was like originally it was like two or three minute shorts that all told the story. And then they made like one longer series of like 10 minute episodes. It's fun. I actually Anakin eats live bugs. There's some there's some stuff. There's some stuff I really like that. I'm a little like uh, I kind (laughs) of wish had been adapted in some form, but most of it like we're watching the Superior Clone Wars, especially once we get to the later stuff. Plus, there's no Ahsoka and that just feels wrong now.
2: Yeah, that feels very wrong.
1: This week,
0: we watched The Ryloth Arc, Season 1, Episodes 19, 20, and 21. Storm over Ryloth, Innocence of Ryloth, and Liberty over Ryloth, in which we follow the exploits of Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, a couple of clones, and Mace Windu as they try to liberate the planet of Ryloth from Separatist control. And then we watched Season 2, Episodes 1, 2, and 3, The Children of the Force Arc, in which Cad Bane breaks into the Jedi Temple and steals a holocron containing a list of Force-sensitive children that he kidnaps for Darth Sidious, that Anakin and Ahsoka must track down and save before it's too late. Yeah. Speaking of Ahsoka, Ahsoka got her first trial as a Padawan in the first episode that we watched. This was the first time that she ever led her own squadron.
1: Yeah, Anakin finally let her fly. And, and she
2: failed. It so well. <laughs> did not go well. It did not go well. Yeah, I just, ouch, 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 ouch. And then after that, when they came up with the, like, second plan, Ahsoka was so anti-second plan. because She was so freaked out that she had messed up. She was, like, lost her confidence, I guess. What yeah.
1: Is- yeah, well, and Ahsoka, I- Ahsoka helped come up with the smart plan. Anakin's plan was very stupid, even though it yeah, worked.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know, she was honestly the one that actually figured it out and made it work. <laughs> no, I I yeah. will say, though,
1: this, these were one of my... The Ryloth episodes were have always been one of my favorite. They're my favorites out of season one. They were always, like, I loved them as a kid, and I really enjoyed this episode. But it does mean I've seen it a billion times. So it was kind of right. funny going back and being like, yep, this is Storm over Ryloth. She still that She still loses her squadron. <laughs> Admiral Yalaren e. still has a massive concussion. He... It's one of my favorite things about animation is that nobody changes clothes. So yeah. it's just in his admiral uniform, like in in the hospital.
2: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed these episodes. Looking back, though, like that whole thing happened where she messed up. She lost her confidence and she kind of gained it back. And then continuously, I think it was more in uh, Children of the Force than in this arc. She like went right back to, like, defying orders, and like, not caring about authority. And that kind of bothered me just because I felt like Ahsoka lost her confidence. And that, I mean, that was such a huge moment, right? Like, people died because of her. Like, yeah. people were lost. Like, clones were lost because of Ahsoka. Um, and then she just sort of recovered from it really quickly, like, kind of within that one episode. And then we don't see her struggling with that again. And I just feel like that, I get that it's a kids' show and that you, to some extent, want to keep their personalities consistent throughout. But I don't know. I feel like that was a big change. And they really could have used that as a moment to, like, make Ahsoka a more dynamic character. And instead, she just bounced Mm -hmm. back and didn't really... She remained unchanged by that experience. So, in that... In, interesting. In that, I was kind inter- of disappointed. <laughs> Sorry. In
1: a sort of interesting real world thing is that Children of the Force where she is where she leads the attack won't give up and then gets in trouble for it is that was the season two premiere. So in like real time, it had been like eight months since viewers had seen Ahsoka. And I don't know if that had any because they I, I agree with you. It didn't. It, it seems like the like Ahsoka overreaches ends up sort of learning a lesson happened twice in our batch of episodes. And I, I do sort of agree that it's it's done better. in I like whenever Anakin directly teaches Ahsoka, I think mm-hmm. his his teaching style and how he like sort of adapts to it is one of the most interesting things about uh, Clone Wars for me, as we look at Anakin's character. And in Children of the Force, she just gets benched. She has to like she has to work in the library. And whereas in Star Wars: Ryloth, they're in the middle of a military campaign. So Anakin's sort of like, tough loves her but also like understands what she's going through yeah and like i i like both episodes and i think they work and it like if you accept that maybe some time in universe has passed it can work but it in the binge binging way we're doing it 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 was it is a little odd
2: yeah i just felt kind of disappointed especially because i think that teaching moment with anakin was so good because it was like this moment of yes this happened yes it's hard, and you made a mistake, and people suffered for it. But, like, we are in the middle of a battle. You have to sort of keep going. You can't just shut down right now, Ahsoka. And it, yeah. that was really cool to watch. Um, And I, I just think that I really would have... I would have liked more. I was like, you guys are on to something here. I was like, there's something here with this. And then it just... They were like, okay, cool. We're actually going to show you other things now. Bye.
0: Yeah, the arc was um, yeah. structured. Definitely very much, Uh, you know, yes... These things are the cause of... This episode leads to the events of this... Epi- Storm of Ryloth. Yeah. Storm of a Ryloth leads to the
1: events of... what Episode 2 leads to the events of Liberty on Ryloth. It got marketed... I remember this from when it got marketed with its own little special cut trailer on StarWars.com back in 2009 as the Ryloth Trilogy of Episodes. Like, they uh-huh. called it the Ryloth Trilogy. It was the first time that they really did a, a three-part arc... That yeah. really went directly into the neck like it was and they sort of called it that. Uh, we had the loose one with Newt Gunray earlier with three very different episodes that loosely told a story. This is sort of them really dipping their show into the multi-part episodic storytelling that becomes the hallmark of the show later when the three and four episode arc become everything that they do, basically. And it, it is interesting watching the first one because... They haven't figured it out yet.
0: Yeah, because th- they're going into you know that this episode is about Anakin and Ahsoka. This episode is about Obi Wan. This episode is about Mace Windu. Like, whereas is, if
1: it's they strange. I I think honestly, like I I like all three. I think that I think that it was kind of weird to lose Anakin and Ahsoka after the first episode and then have it so long till they come back in the third one to save the day at the very end. And it is it is definitely something that gets streamlined further once they really commit to like, okay, we're telling multi part stories. It's okay to cut back to these characters, even though we haven't like super introduced them in this episode. And they they were still like three self-contained stories that you could watch only one of the episodes and have an idea what was going on, thanks to the recap and at the beginning. And then the episode itself doesn't require you to have seen, even the third one really doesn't require you to have seen any of the others.
2: I'm excited to see future episodes when they really come into their hallmark, I guess. Yeah. Their, the, the, the like good three-parters. Because, um, yeah, this is just kind of, it just felt abrupt. It felt really like awkward to not have Anakin there anymore. But there, were like I, good, uh, there, there was a lot of good stuff
1: in this. I love Innocence of Ryloth, the middle episode. It's 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 probably in my favorite of the series overall. It's definitely in my my top 20. You really like to be able to see the clones be humans. It's a great it's a great clone episode. And I love I mean, Star Wars has been doing this a lot recently. But this is one of the sort of I mean, it's sort of even in the prequels. I love characters just randomly adopting like oh okay I'm I'm your dad now <laughs> basically
2: That that was literally so funny to me. I was like you guys just found this kid and went okay cool come it, along. It, it briefly felt like a becomes a dragons campaign. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, it like there's a there's like a this whole sort of the A plot is like Obi-Wan trying to liberate this village from a particularly cruel droid officer. And the B-plot is just suddenly a sitcom about two dads and their adopted daughter. Uh, one dad is... I, I love that one of them is like, I am so not on board with this, but I'm doing it anyway.
2: It was cute. I did get a little teary-eyed when they asked Obi-Wan what Nara meant, and he was like, brother. I was like, oh god, no. Because they
1: yeah. call each other brother already, and it's, you know, now
0: it's so yeah, that it's kind one of thing. Of
1: the, it's the best Transcends ending of languages. season one. It, I think that like, and it is sort of that last sequence that is always when the when the villagers fight back to the end when they learn what Nara means. Like, what well, looking back, where I can tell like, oh yeah, these these guys are gonna figure it out. They they know what they're doing.
2: Yeah, d- do we see Waxer and Boyle before this? We haven't.
1: Seen no, them
0: I don't think so. No, they're part of
1: um. They're part of Obi Wan Obi-Wan has a two hundred and
0: twenty. Yeah,
1: two twelve. 212, that was close. They're the orange clones. And we we we've mostly been following Anakin or mm-hmm. other groups of clones. So this is the first time mostly it's weird because we've seen a lot of Commander Cody, yeah. but he's mostly been without the troops he's supposed to be commanding. So this is sort of the first time we get to see them. They'll show up for the rest of the series. But this is this is Waxroom Boyle's like spotlight episode, which is pretty fun.
2: Yeah, that was I, definitely like, like- my favorite part of this arc is just seeing these
1: clones. Yeah, love it. It's a and they're sort of like they're figuring out clone episodes. They're figuring out like what to do with them because in season order, we watched Hidden Enemy way back at the beginning. But in like when it was broadcast, Hidden Enemy was only a few episodes ago. So like uh, they're they're sort of hitting their they're they're getting into clone stuff uh, after a lot of season one being about Ahsoka and the sort of. I've I've been calling it the Jedi of the week approach. Yeah. Yeah. What do you
0: think about Chum We've met him before, uh, back in, um, what's that one with Jar Jar and Bail Organa called? Supply Lines. Supply Lines.
1: But this was his, uh, this was in, like, this was the original episode they introduced him in, because Supply Lines was a season three episode that took place earlier in the timeline. Which is why it feels like they're introducing him to you all over again.
2: (laughs) I just, I don't really... Is it horrible if I'm like, I don't really care? <laughs>
1: no. Yeah, he's uh, It's he's an interesting
0: look into uh, partisans and radicals amongst and uh, in the
1: backdrop of a war. Uh, I think it's interesting, uh, his, his, uh, like, sort of challenge to Mace Windu to, like, don't become an occupying army is, like, is sort of, it, like, because it's just a it's an interesting thing about like the fallibility of the Republic and the uh the way people see involvement in the war because the episode where we met where we earlier met Chompson Doula was all about that sort of neutrality and the way these worlds are becoming battlegrounds that they're not really all that invested in either side we saw that back in um the lemur episodes I yes. was
2: just gonna say the lemur episodes um <laughs>
0: We also get into Cad Bane and a little bit more about the Jedi Order themselves and how they recruit their members in the Children of the Force arc.
2: This was horrifying. This was literally (laughs) like... When I was like, "This is truly evil." I was like, "This is a truly evil act to like rip these children from their homes."
1: Are we talk about the Jedi here, or Cad Bane?
2: We're talking about Cad Bane, not the, not the okay. Jedi, not the Jedi. I wasn't for,
1: sorry. I wasn't sure how. Yeah, no. no. I thought that you were coming Jedi. out with a really strong anti-Jedi take, and I was like, All right, it's bold," but I'm gonna hear you out. <laughs>
2: Okay, no, no, no. Because um, like the Jedi don't take the, they don't rip the children from their homes. You know, no. like, they. I kinda, mean, they kind
0: of do. They kind of well, do. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, yes, they wait until like they're a little bit older than older than Cad Bane waited for, but like they do kind of. You know, they, they come to the parents and say, "Hey, it's your duty to the Republic to give your child to
1: the Jedi Order." Is well, that not? Is that not I, true? Wyatt? I be- Well, so. That's the way I always read it. I believe you can say no, but the Jedi always, I think, make a pretty compelling case of like you are not equipped to like. They are going to have powers that are going that are are gonna be. They'll need to learn how to use them, otherwise they will end up destroying themselves or somebody else. We know how to teach them to control their powers, and so will that's and and there is like a whole like duty of the republic but also i think a lot of people it's implied that a lot of people give their kids willingly because because of that and also like the jedi are legends And I think in episode one, but there are there are people exist who can use the force who are not Jedi and even who are not part of like other force wielding organizations. um, That's just what would have happened to Anakin. Qui-Gon says that in Phantom Menace, where he's like, if he'd been found in the if he'd been born in the Republic, we would have found him. We would have trained him already. He'd be part of the Jedi Order. But otherwise, I mean, Anakin probably grows up to be a really good racer and they tell stories about him on Tatooine and it would have been because of his his force abilities that he would have been able to do that. But it's it's never really is in canon elaborated on too hard about like, it's just sort of accepted that Jedi are found as kids and brought to the temple. It's not really more than that. Yeah, maybe I had just uh, gotten my own thoughts about the Jedi Order. Well, and they're a little bit messed up. But- Karen Karen Travis, an author who wrote for a lot of Legends stuff, I believe, took that view in some of her Clone Wars stuff. There was some Legends material that 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 cast the Jedi's particular practice of of getting apprentices in some bad light, but in in canon, I think it's less interrogated. That's a thing that
0: I would like to kind of see a little bit more done i mean yeah i guess it is you know ca- ca- you know in a similar way to harry potter you know w- within the harry potter canon as created by jk rowling there is this scroll of whatever and the quill of whatever that are up in the tower that like write down the names of everyone as they're born and then sends it writes the letter and stuff you know yeah it's is that true it's on pottermore you can that. find it somewhere oh yeah it's on pottermore that's crazy but it's also it is also very sucky of Cad Bane to go in and kidnap these children for Palpatine. No, it's oh, yes. very Dark Like, Sidious. this
2: is my thing. because so I was like, <laughs> this is, no, 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 we know. I know. I know." Okay, we had, been... you,
0: you had never made it explicitly clear that you knew, and you were like, I... don't, and like you had told me, don't tell me if this is true. So, you know. No,
2: I've had my suspicions, but also, literally, anytime something happens with the Sith, like, the camera pans to Palpatine. Like, yeah. And it's like, okay, that's pretty obvious. But
1: Clone Wars is pretty egregious with this because they were they played coy when the prequels were coming out, kind of like we have been doing on the podcast so far. But Clone Wars was made after Revenge of the Sith, which does which tells you that, yeah, this is true. Yeah. Whereas Phantom Menace very especially is like, oh, no, what if they are the same guy? But what if they're not? Yeah. Um, But I was that's funny that you said that, Calvin. Freudian slip.
2: (laughs) Right hand slip. Yeah, I, I didn't come any closer to understanding the force in this <laughs> uh-huh. in any of this. Like just no, to put the The
0: Force was there. used as such a MacGuffin in this episode though. Like Yoda is just like, mmm, she's in the event still. I was really mad about that. Like I was just like kind of just like, yes, I get that Yoda's a powerful Jedi, but like even in you know, in the movies, he's there sitting in his little meditation chamber, you know? Yeah. And the, like he the... needs to be good. He can't just, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm plan, assuming too much again. The
2: plan for the archives was actually pretty fucking good. And, like, that's what frustrated me. Like, the plan to break into the archives I thought was, like, pretty good. And then Yoda just went, like, I sense a disturbance in the Force. And they mm-hmm. totally stopped it. Well, I guess not totally stopped it, but, like, I uh, yeah, just, no, you know. Yeah,
1: Bane's good at his job. No, uh, I, exactly I, honestly, I think the, like, sort of Force door locks... While cool, seem a little weirder to me than that was my sort of flagged up weird use of the force. It just I know the Jedi of this period are often depicted as kind of out of touch, but like that's a that's that's very ivory tower. You can yeah. only get in here if you can use the force, and it's and it's very techy, which is always the Jedi's relationship with technology is always interesting to me.
2: But I I these ep- these episodes were just. Yeah, they were just extremely hard to watch because the whole time I'm like, there, there are little alien babies at risk here. And I don't know, yeah. even when it's like- ugly... Clone Wars will kill
1: the adorable droid, but they will not kill the, the alien babies.
2: Yeah, no, I was glad. I was glad that the alien babies were okay. It like, as a whole, this arc was like another one that was like super, there was a lot to it, but at the same time, I was really only like worried about the one thing. Does that make yeah. sense? Well, I feel like it.
1: Interesting thing. Did you notice the animation quality drop severely in the middle episode?
2: I I remember like looking at a character and being like, and then I I distinctly remember looking at a character and being like, this character looks better than everybody else. Why is the animation so bad?
1: Well, (laughs) so Cargo Doom was made earlier. I remember this. I, I, I can sort of, I can look it up. I'm not sure where in the production, but I'm pretty sure Cargo of Doom was initially made as a standalone season one episode, and then they built the other two around it.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I just I just remember feeling like really it was really abrupt. The animation change was because even in in season one, I feel like the animation improves a lot, like from beginning to end.
1: Yeah. And and in season like in season two, uh, it will continue to improve it like uh, Children of the Force looks way better than the end of season one. But then you jump yeah. back to like I'm, I'm gathering screenshots to illustrate my point in an audio medium, no less. Um, but there's like there's a there's a particular like just like how they you could tell in how they light Ahsoka like that, they, that this is an older episode. And it's the last uh-huh. time it'll happen in the series.
0: Shoot That's- that in our chat. I'd actually like to see that, too. I've never noticed yeah. that. Yeah. When you get the chance.
1: Yeah, I'm doing it.
2: I'm trying to think of, like, what character it was. There was just somebody that I looked at, and I was like, this one character looks better than everybody else. The animation here is so bad. (laughs) I think the thing I really liked about these episodes was that it, like, filled in the world more. And I, both the Ryloth arc and Children of the Force, and I think it was just cool to sort of, like, learn a little bit more about the archives. Because the archives have, they're they're so significant.
1: Yeah, Um, it's basically the Library of Alexandria.
2: Yeah, and and Um. so... Learning about that was nice. Learning about how children with the Force are dealt with, dealt with, you know what I mean?
1: I do like, uh, even though it was the uh, the uh, shapeshifter, I like that uh, Jedi librarian Jacosta Nu got to whip some ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, she's fun. She's got some, oh, she's got really good Legends content. I can't
0: she's talk actually- about that.
1: She's got Um, some other stuff we can't, but she's made some reoccurrences later in the timeline in places you wouldn't expect in canon stuff as well.
0: No, she's always, Jacasta New has always been a character who has fascinated me. I love, I, 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 I I just mean,
1: she's mean to Obi-Wan in, in episode two briefly. And then everyone's like, all right, I love her now. No, like the badass old woman trope is just something that
0: I'm here for. Like Jacasta New, Grandma Ben from the Bone series,
1: if anyone here has read that. Uh, Legend of Korra. Is just yeah. like it's full of them. Full of them. Cut this. Legend of Korra is MILF City.
2: <laughs> Stop. Don't <laughs> cut that out, Calvin.
1: So I sent the uh I sent I sent the pictures and the, the first one is Ahsoka in that very first battle scene. And then there's her in her spacesuit. And like
2: Oh my god. I
1: don't know if yeah. I've watched too much tele uh too much animation, but like that's Look it at looks her like shoulders. different shows. Yeah. Well, and they, see, that's an interesting thing, too, is that they, I think, have refined her design a little bit for season two. They haven't... Her shoulders are not quite as pointy as they are at the beginning of the show. That's her season one model in the spacesuit, which is uh, the first time in the show she has put on a shirt. Uh,
0: I know. I was, yeah, was like, going to say, I, oh, I like her
1: it's in this one. such a
2: weird outfit, yeah. but, like, finally, a change. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she gets every single outfit she wears... For the rest of her appearances in the whole, everything is cooler. This is this is her
0: wardrobe. Ahsoka has a great wardrobe. Oh, I love Ahsoka's wardrobe Oh man. Oh man. See, like I've probably mentioned this before. Ahsoka's like number one on my list of women who I would let fuck me, even though I'm gay.
2: And like (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, just sort of Somebody
1: think of the children of the Force.
2: Children of the Force. Okay, I really wish- <laughs> well,
1: Let me clarify
0: also, uh, adult Ahsoka. Too, uh,
2: yes, we yes. know, we know, we know. We <laughs> gotcha, we gotcha.
0: Rebels Ahsoka.
2: I really want, I really want like Star Wars Harry Potter. Like I want to see a kid growing up with the Jedi. Can I have that please? Um, some... I don't think
1: it exists yet, but I, I 100% agree with you.
2: That would be fucking oh. awesome.
1: There's some Legends books that deal with Anakin's training. They were like sort of- They weren't YA, but they're like a middle grade. That's what I'm thinking of. They were middle. Star Wars had a really good middle grade author in the in the aughts. And she did some stuff the most that was ever uh, about like Jedi training. They're all they don't count now. They're all not canon. But uh, I used to get them from the San Francisco Public Library.
2: I just like that was the thing Children of the Forest really had me thinking about was like, What's going to happen to these kids when they get older? Like, what is, what is it like growing up in the Jedi Order? I, because you don't think about it that often, I feel like, but everybody in the, all the Jedi, like, imagine if you went to preschool and kindergarten and elementary school and middle school and high school and college, all with the same people. And then I went from
1: kindergarten to eighth grade with the same people. I did half See, Jedi. But- hmm <laughs>
2: you have to you're like the order's not for me i gotta go but could you imagine like what is that like
1: i think that would be though a good era to set like a a uh a story like this that like that anna wants to see because oh, yeah. we have all these established jedi characters but we see them as like competent 30 somethings mostly yeah
0: i <laughs> and mean same reason we want marauders era stuff in harry potter yeah, oh, my
2: don't I don't want to get started on Harry Potter, but I could talk about the Marauders. No,
1: I but I think them. I think you're right, Anna. It's a gap that like that, like, I think would be worth. I don't I don't know what medium it would be best in, but like it's a it would be a really fun story to be sort of like because Ahsoka's story is great and it is the most we really see anybody get trained. But Ahsoka's just a child soldier, like, you yeah. don't really get to see her go to school or even do mostly normal Jedi stuff. Oh,
0: yeah. Because, yeah, I was about to mention that we see some like there's some Legends content with like Defa Balaba and Caleb Doom.
1: But like, even then, Caleb is still a child soldier at this moment. So, yeah. So, no, it's and it's a very interesting like it's one of the things Clone Wars does. that's cool is it takes a look at the Jedi essentially when they're doing some very un-Jedi like things. But a lot of times we see that how they're trying to carry through the ethos of the order, like with Yoda teaching the clones and with them sort of like teaming up to train Ahsoka, how it seems like there's a more of a collective responsibility to train in the Clone Wars era versus like the very individual stuff of the pre-war era where it's like master and apprentice. Yeah, it's a, it's a lineage. Uh, but we get to see and I know that's sort of just so they can put fun Jedi in the show and also have the main, like, point of view character. But, like, I I love that all the Jedi train Ahsoka. I love that they sort of... And it's not even an indictment on Anakin, who is her best teacher. But, like, they all... Obi-Wan essentially is her second master. She gets to experience different styles of teaching, different philosophies on the same sort of overall, like, way to be a Jedi. And even this, uh, the way... I mean, they they punish her, but they send her to learn more. They send her to the library.
2: Sorry something you just said made me think of something else but but the fact that I think it is so cool that Ahsoka has this experience of like getting to train with Anakin as her master as well as her master's master Obi Wan, because like mm. she spends so much time with the two of them. What a, a an intensely unique situation. Because yeah. I
1: feel it's like... the uh, it's the good timeline. It's what would have happened if Qui Gon lived.
2: Exactly. I that I literally was just about sorry. To say that. <laughs> no, I nicked no, your thing. No, it's so good. I, you were you were we're on the same wavelength, quiet. But it's also just so like cool because I feel like probably other Padawans don't get that experience like i don't think jedis work with their masters that often after they are no longer padawans like you go on and do your own stuff yeah um so yeah it's just because Ayla
1: sakura mentions that in her episode where she's like i was super attached to my master but i eventually had to let him go we'll meet him yeah. he's not dead he's just he's just he is a he's another jedi and they um, do their
2: own thing And it's and and obviously Obi-Wan and Anakin do do their own thing, but they're almost always assigned to do stuff together. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's really interesting.
1: I think that's a little bit like, all right, Anakin is really good at what he does, but he's highly irresponsible. Obi-Wan may be a little less inventive. Still very successful, but very conventional. All right, we'll send these two. We will get the best results. And also, we don't have to put up with either of them.
2: They're also just like, it is once again that dynamic of like two dads, the sane one and the crazy one, just adopting a little kid, (laughs) you know, like that's the dynamic they have.
1: Rex is the fun uncle.
2: Rex is the fun uncle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're. Something I'm excited about in season two is that we're get we're gonna we get some we get uh one of the one of the best Rex episodes of the whole series is coming up soon and I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's just some this episode like has some has some like big picture implications but that don't show up like just sort of with the the Sith stealing kids plan but like they they won't become relevant to the podcast for like ever. Yeah. Um but there is like the these episodes continue to be important down the line which is really interesting because yeah. they don't like feel Pat like had Bane, deal. like Hondo
0: Onaka is going to be a
1: big character. Yeah. But it's it's sort of an interesting like they're fun. Well, I mean aside from the baby stealing. But like if you set aside the captive babies there's some fun adventures in this. I love yeah. the uh I love the walker trick that they use uh to to board the ship. Oh um, my god, that was so I love fun. that in the timeline he already did the Anakin already did the asteroid thing uh when when he put the walkers on the asteroids to shoot the enemy ships from behind in the droid episode. The early clone wars is just like, "All right, what can we make the the walker do that it shouldn't be able to do?" Walk up walls. Go on the asteroid and use it as a spacecraft. Um, mm-hmm. And I also really love how much you, hates it. He's so mad when he's like, "I, you are, you Yularin's are not doing that." Such a by-the-book guy. But I just, I, I, I mean, it ma- makes me think that like they probably have to like at the very least deep clean them every time Anakin sends them out and, sends the ground vehicles out into space. And you, Lauren, is like, "I have to, do, I have to deal with this. You get the credit, and you get to go." Wave your sword around and I have to stay on the ship and make people do cleanup. Do you I, have the I,
2: consequences.
1: I forgot how much because you Lauren, is kind of he's he's a background character a lot of the time. But I forgot how much he gets like personality in early Clone Wars. And I have mm-hmm. been really enjoying him yeah, mustachioed it. admiral with my heart. <laughs>
2: he's just sort of like funny in his like grumpy grandpa-ness yeah i don't know yeah i'm sad that we're not gonna get more of him
1: he just uh, they introduced oh we get a lot we get get a decent amount of he's he's like around forever but in a bigger capacity he, he he gets his backstory episode we've already seen even though they made it later but we saw his backstory episode and i think he also we don't get as much out of him in terms of like him directly Sassing Anakin because they eventually, everyone sort of becomes a good team. We're watching the early growing pains of like Anakin and Ahsoka fighting, Anakin and Obi Wan sort of shifting their dynamic from very much like Aster and Apprentice, Obi Wan knows best, rebellious kid, to when they're equals and they both respect each other, even though they drive each other up the wall.
0: Yeah. Yeah, on that note, next episode, we've got season two, episode 17, Bounty Hunters, season two, episodes eighteen and nineteen, the Zillow Beast Arc. And then season two, episode four, Senate Spy. We're also doing season two, episodes five through eight. Landing at Point Rain, Weapons Factory, Legacy of Terror, and Brain Invaders. So, those are gonna be fun.
2: Stay, stay tuned. Thanks, thanks for listening. Yeah. Swag.